Hello, everyone, and welcome to Minute 103 of Season 5 of Move Around Minute, the daily podcast where we yippee our way through the 1990 Bruce Willis action film Die Hard 2, Die Harder, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me once again today is Travis Bowe of Real Comics Heroes, among other things. Welcome back to the show, Travis. Thank you for having me. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed myself this week. Hopefully you have, too. It's, it's, I have. It's been very interesting so far. <laughs> And I, I think that you deserve, you know, my pride, my admiration, and a kick-ass vacation for the work that you've been doing, Travis. <laughs> now, get on Thank board. Thank you. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Minute 103 begins with Grant and Stuart reuniting and ends with Khan giving up a shout of pride. Uh, so we, we ended things yesterday with Grant and his men showing up, I guess, and they're basically reinforcements because now instead of three bad guys, three bad guys in Esperanza, now we have another dozen or actually 11 because yeah. they, they sort of got rid of one of them, uh, two weeks ago yeah, or last mm-hmm. week. They got rid of tough. Perfect segue into one, one thing I wanted to, to, yeah, go back and talk about, um, because the 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 magazines you mentioned uh, yesterday with the red red tape on them actually got me thinking about the whole red and blue magazines mm-hmm. and i you know when they go into the whole firefight situation with uh, the people at the church and you know that whole situation plays out and then they get into their their truck uh may have, that may happen a little bit differently, but regardless, like in the truck is when you find out that these guys have, you know, are on Stewart's side and, and it explains the whole, you know, red and blue magazine situation. And then uh, Grant kills this one guy who I guess just wasn't a part of their team long enough to build trust and all, and all no, that. No, he was the, he was the last minute replacement. Why? If you remember correctly at the beginning of okay. the movie, they, uh, Garber says to Stuart, we had one problem with personnel. Uh, you know, we, we have a last minute replacement. So he isn't a guy who was part of their unit, but they needed the radio guy. Now, Telford then mentions to John that he only was joined, okay. you know, he only joined this team recently because the regular guy got an appendicitis. You know, that's another hint that they throw out at us yeah. very early on. It just kind of it makes me wonder why they would take this guy on that wasn't part of their normal crew. And then kill him? I guess what I'm getting at is that if if this kid is – or I'm assuming this is like an elite kind of squad. Mm-hmm. And if this kid is kind of part of that, he's at least advanced enough to to know how to handle himself. And so he he enters into this situation um, with a like not knowing he has a gun full of blanks into that previous situation. You know, I I would think someone at this level would know what ammunition that they have. I actually have an answer for you for that one. We never see Telford with a gun. He is he's the radio guy. Even when when they're oh, okay. when they're on the truck, everyone else gets off, and he's the only one who stays on the truck because he's with the radio. So that that's actually the answer to that. You are you are 100 percent right. Okay. Okay. Uh, someone who has used guns before, you obviously would know if you have. Uh, you know, actually, well, it took John a few seconds to figure it out also that he was shooting blanks. So. Yeah. You know. Yeah. 
But uh, no, you're right. It it would have been really strange if if yeah. no, he that, had to keep that, changing. That helps. That's right. If he had to keep changing the uh, uh, the magazines, yes. And what's really interesting, the actor who plays Telford, do you know yeah. who he's married to? Um. Oh, I I definitely lo- was looking through the actors. Is it uh, Rebecca De Mornay? That is right. That is right. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah I was trying to find out who uh, who Khan was, so I was just kind of clicking through the actors and looking at their pictures, and I saw that guy with, you know, in a couple photos, he was with uh, Rebecca De Mornay, so I assume, yeah, maybe they were yeah. together at one point. No, there's, from what I understand, they're still together. You know, they've been together for like 20 years or whatever it is. At the time of this movie, oh, okay. they weren't together yet, but, uh, you know. They, they they got married a little, or actually I don't even know if they officially got married, but they're they're together since then, you know. So yeah. So cool. so yeah, the, the the whole thing for for me, I mean, I talked a little bit about this uh, I think a week and a half ago, but for me, the whole idea of the the blue tape and red tape, when I first saw this movie the first time, I figured it out right away because have you ever seen or heard of the movie called The Park Is Mine? No. No. Okay. So it it was a it was an HBO movie made in the 1980s. I think it was if I remember correctly, maybe it was like 86, with Tommy Lee Jones. And it's about a Vietnam vet that decides to take over Central Park, in order to get a ransom or whatever it is to help maybe help a friend. I'm trying to even remember. It's been a while since I've seen it. But in that movie and in the novel, it mentions the fact that he has two different types of magazines. You know, one that's red and one that's blue, and the you know the one of them uses blanks and one of them's real. So that really, huh. you know, for me it was like, oh wow, I I was able to figure this out when I saw the movie because right because yeah. I had that other reference. I I don't think I've ever seen it in any other movie ever since, which would sort of make sense that they could use this idea from here, but it doesn't sure. seem yeah. as if they they ever did. So yeah. That's just uh, very weird. So basically, we're we're you know they're 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 all getting back together. There's a lot of hugging, and <laughs> and then we we have the line that 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 I mentioned at the end of yesterday, but it's it's mostly in today where Grant goes, Colonel, if I may say so, you are some piece of work. And Stuart responds, Thank you, Major. You're not so bad yourself. And then Grant turns to Esperanza and says, Congratulations on your escape, sir. And he goes, thank you, Major. Maybe you should save them until we are all safe. Mm. And then, uh, so it's it's very interesting because, like, I looked up the, the the phrase "a piece of work." Do you, okay. Do you know where that actually comes from? I was like shocked. No, I mean it. It comes from Hamlet. Yeah. Oh. It's Shakespeare. You know, yeah, okay. Um, in in uh, Shakespeare did a lot of like a lot of words he invented, you know, or probably phrases over the course of his writings. Yeah, I'm just like very shocked that 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 type of phrase, piece yeah. of work, would be, you know, would would come from him. You know, it it's actually it comes from uh, Hamlet, uh, Act Two, Scene Scene Two, where He's basically speaking to Rosencrantz and Guildenster, and I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but basically what what he says to them, look you, this brave overhanging firmament, this majestic roof fretted with golden fire. Why? 
it appeareth no other thing to me than a than a foul and pestilent congregation of vapors. What a piece of work is of what a piece of work is a man, how noble for how noble in reason, how infinite in faculty, in form and moving how how express and admirable, in action, how like an angel. So I just found it really interesting that that phrase comes from Shakespeare. Yeah. So I just thought that was really interesting. Cool. I yeah, wouldn't have wouldn't have guessed that. I just I mean, if you break it down, it kind of makes sense. Piece of work, you know, being this this thing that is not, notable, I guess. But um, yeah, but yeah, that's it. That's cool. Yeah, I, I just thought it would be a modern, more modern reference, right? You know, which which when I looked it up, I was like shocked. I was like, okay, I got to mention this. <laughs> this is you know, we don't usually get yeah. much Shakespeare on in on on my shows. Yeah, but you know, it just really works. I mean, I like the way that they all compliment one another. You know, on on how great mm -hmm. they are. Like, you, you're great. No, you're great. No, you're great. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, in general, like, okay, can we do this later? That's right. It it reminds me of like the the scenes in. Uh, did Did you ever see Spies Like Us with uh, Chevy Chase and Dan um, Aykroyd? Yeah, like as a kid, and probably not in one sitting, just kind of broken up over, you know, Sunday Channel Four kind of. Right. So movie of the weekend. Right. So there, there, there's a scene there where there are a whole bunch of doctors and they all are in the tent. Oh, yes. And they go, doctor, 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 yeah. doctor, doctor. It reminded me of that. And then for a more recent uh, reference from uh, Jojo Rabbit, you know, where, where they all do the mm. high Hitlers. You know, they walk into the room and everyone yeah. has to do high Hitler, you know, to 20 different people. You right. know, and then they all have to respond back and that type of thing. So it's the same type of thing that it just <laughs> yeah. seemed to me that, that that what they're doing here is is they're basically saying, oh, you're great. No, you're great. No, you're great. No, you're great. Yeah. And uh, just I like the way that it is. And, you know, it, it also shows us that Esperanza is the most realistic here, you know, because he realizes that they're not 100 percent out of danger yet, even though, again, the big question here is, does I mean, Esperanza doesn't. It doesn't know the entire plan. You know, we, we, we talked about this in, in Die Hard, and now we've talked about it here also. Like, how much of the plan is everyone pervy to? You know, like, right. Stuart knew that Grant and his men are joining them, okay? Esperanza didn't know. Yeah. You know, he was shocked about this whole mm -hmm. thing. You know, did all of Grant's men know it? I'm, my assumption is, is they probably did because of the fact that they kept being told to put in blanks, yeah. you know, so they needed to give some sort of explanation, but you know, there, there's certain things that, that it's just strange that Esperanza doesn't know that they have this other squad of men that are going to be helping them out that, you know, right. and that the firefight that they theoretically had, you know, at the church was a fake one. You know, Esperanza didn't know that, or at least, right. you know, because uh, because also they they break the glass before shooting out of the glass. If you if you notice right. that, you know, <laughs> yeah. they don't, there's yeah. there's no place where they they shoot through the glass. You know they break it and then Grant goes, sir. Stewart says, my congratulations, gentlemen. You've won a victory for our way of life. My pride, my admiration, and a kick-ass vacation. Now get on board. So I don't really know what the the whole idea here is. Is that they they the victory uh, for their way of life? What is their way of life? for being yeah, helping no, drug this... dealers <laughs> <laughs> right yeah i didn't i don't like this phrasing either uh it's too many things that he's listing together the 
the like uh because what is my pride uh, you won a victory the victory for our way way of life life, pride we are victory for our pride victory for uh, my admiration and victory for a kick-ass vacation like it's too many things that don't work together to be listing you know uh the victories of no i don't think i don't think the victory is for all of those i think that he's saying you won a victory for our way of life and you've also won my pride my admiration and a kick-ass vacation i think that's the way he's looking at he's i think we're just we're missing stewart say like after he says way of life if he would have said i'm proud of you and you have my admiration now let's go have a kick-ass vacation right it's just it's too many things. It's it's a run on sort of list of, you know, things that he's uh, congratulating them for that. Uh, yeah, it does. not. The phrasing just does not work for me. Right. But I, I think he's just being very uh, demagogy here with the way that he's trying to do it, trying to to show all the men. All right. You know. I'm I'm very proud of everything that you've done. Oh yeah. Let's uh, yeah. you know I I don't I don't know if he really means it, but he's mm. you know let's just get out of here. You know it. Yeah, may... I don't think he cares about each and every one of these guys. That's but... right. Well, he apparently doesn't care that nine of his men, you know, aren't there. You know, yeah. I mean, it makes me, it makes me wonder what exactly is their plan because, you know, they're gonna fly away. How are they? How are people not gonna find them? You know, it's it's not like in the the, the first Die Hard like, or in Die Hard with a Vengeance that the idea is that if they think you're dead, then they're not going to look for you. Here, I mean, are they planning on right? You know, I I don't know. We, we never find out what their plan is here. I assume it's it's go to another country that either has like non extradition or is an enemy of our country that, you know, we're not going to be able to go into to, to extract these guys. So that's my assumption. I mean, he'll say later, talk about they're going somewhere tropical. I don't remember if they've specified where they're going. No, no, no. Okay. Well, they're probably not going back to Valverde, but yeah, that's, (laughs) yeah. But yeah, they're, they're, they're going to some unnamed uh, tropical country. You know, which could be anywhere. You know, there's there's not yeah. really, you know, they don't really mention anything about that. And then we we see them start to 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 you know move towards the plane, and then the shot changes. I did have a quick thing about uh, Stuart Stuart telling his men to get on board. Um, I actually took it took a little bit of a page from from being on you know podcasting with you a, a few times now. <laughs> um, I looked up the phrase to get on board or specifically on board and kind of where that came from. Where, okay. Um, I, I assume, you know, just if you're thinking about it, get on board, like my mind immediately goes to that probably comes from like traveling via ship and the deck of a ship is going to be wood, you know, made of boards. And so it probably started with, literally get onto the the ship the okay. deck of the ship makes sense um, i think i'm close with that it uh the, according to it was a etymonline.com like some some sort of database of uh etymology uh the meeting get on get onto a sh- or get on board um a ship is get on board came from like the 1590s uh was transferred 
mid 19th century to stages, rail, railway cars, and later aircraft. But I guess it also had something to do with the the sides of a ship were known as like like to get on board a ship was to mean mean to like get up next to a ship. Um, you have the whole like one side of the ship is called the starboard starboard. And so the side of the ship being known as a board, and it's kind of meant to be like if you were getting up alongside of a ship, you would that would be considered getting on board. Oh, wow. So it has to do with shipping, but and then that becomes, you know, getting on the ship. And then, yeah, like um, now getting on board means getting like, you know, I'm with you. That's I'm, right. I'm, we're on the same page. You That's know, that right. Sort of I'm, I agree so. with your idea. Yeah, that type of thing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. You see, I'm, I'm glad that, that, that I'm able to inspire you to, to, to look for things that, that for some reason I didn't look up. So there you go. That works well, too. You know, at least we weren't looking up the same things. That works. Right. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that, Travis. Thank you. So then the, the, we get a wide shot of the plane with all of the men standing by the plane getting ready to, to – to disperse, I guess you can say. And then again, you see two ground people running across the screen. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody With really the third cares one about running them. the opposite direction. Then the one just, oh, then there's a fourth one running the opposite That's right. There's yeah, one. they got. That's right. This place is lousy with uh, ground screw. That's right. They got tons of ground screw just for, for no reason. And there, you also see like a guy when they're starting to walk up the, the stairs. Behind the stairs, there's a guy who has like a yellow stripe on him so i it looked to me like maybe it's it's a fi uh you know like a fireman or something like that you know like a fireman's jacket mm. if you look at uh, second 26 you can you can see him the clearest at that point so it's just very strange you know that oh he's just, yeah 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 because he, he does not look like one of the men so i, right. I don't know who he yeah. is i don't know why he's there <laughs> and then you know you, you get more guys running back and forth you know, the grounds crew who are not supposed to even be there. You know. Yeah. It seems like uh, couldn't the police have slipped one of their guys in, into this this whole grounds crew? Theoretically, uh, yes. Situation? That's what that's what you would think. You would think that they would send, yeah. you know, a, a group of elite soldiers into that. But but then again, why would they need to if uh, Grant told them, you know, that they right. don't need to? So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very strange. <laughs> And then the, the the scene changes, and now we're 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 uh, on a helicopter. John is is the last one on the helicopter as he closes the the door on the helicopter, where we can then see it's uh, nighttime news, uh, which which is very interesting because you know she mentioned earlier, Sam mentioned earlier in the movie that she's from NTN News, but you think it's yeah. just very strange. It's called nighttime news. You know, we only do well, news. Does, we only do news at night. On <laughs> yeah well i mean sorry it's not then, dark yeah, i mean it's not dark had... we don't do any yeah um now that is funny um you do see like when the helicopter lifts up and and spins around you'll see the ntw wntw on the other side as it takes off it's like in the red area of the helicopter mm -hmm. right so yeah no it's just very uh, strange that it's called nighttime news <laughs> yeah yeah but that, but but you're right. That's even stranger because they have the WNTW, uh, which does actually no, maybe it's supposed to be another N. 
I don't know. That's really weird. It it does look like a WNTW, which yeah. which doesn't make sense for nighttime news because that would well, yeah, be NTN. I don't. Yeah, I don't think the the two things are meant to be like a uh, uh, abbreviation. You know, right. Um, right now, because I think in the cat in the cast list, I think it identifies all the. Yeah, WNTW is the right. cameraman, sound man, chopper pilot. Right. Um, yeah. I mean. Yeah, that's just a little. Strange. I did look up WNTW. There's a there's a WNTW radio station out of Chester, Virginia, which would be close enough to Dulles that maybe they would be a news crew that would you know handle stories like this. Um, but maybe I don't know why. I don't. It's an odd, you know. I wonder if they made this up for this helicopter. Maybe they rented the actual helicopter from this radio station. But then why would a radio station, you know, unless they're a massive network, why would they have a helicopter? Right. I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't know either. <laughs> made me, made me, I, I didn't think too much about it, about uh, where that was, yeah. where that came from. And then that so the helicopter takes off. And um, my question is, is where's is this helicopter located? Like, how did John get to where they needed to get to? Because John met Sam outside of the airport. So, you know, you yeah. don't think that they would have landed the helicopter outside of the airport. It's probably somewhere inside of the airport. Yeah, it's in the grounds, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's a pretty standard thing to have an area designated for uh, helicopter landing zones sort of thing that's far enough away that you're not disrupting the air traffic, you know, of the, of the planes. But, you know, yeah, I, I buy that there's a helipad, you know, on the grounds of the airport. Okay. Well, being that I've done this minute by minute, so I've, we've actually seen this before <laughs> in this movie when, mm-hmm. when the blue light helicopter showed up at the airport, this is the exact same area that they, they landed in. So I guess that's the helicopter designated okay. area, you know, for the whole thing. So the yeah. the, the the plane takes uh, the the helicopter takes off. Now, I, so I looked up the the three men who were in the helicopter with them. Did did you look up any of them? Did yep. you find anything a little strange? I glanced at find... I glanced at each of them. Um, I saw one of them was a sound man in the previous that's Die right. Hard. That's um, right. The sound man David Cat. Yeah, the others I, I is in both. But, but okay. you didn't. Apparently, you didn't look at what else he's been in. He was also in the Naked Gun. Uh, he played Arafat okay. in the very beginning. You know when when uh, Drebin is fighting all of the different terrorists. You know, so he, he okay. he's dressed up as uh, Yasser Arafat. And I actually found a on, mm-hmm. on IMDb they have a picture of all of these actors playing the terrorists sitting there with uh, you know uh, Zucker Abrams uh, Abrams Zucker's. I don't remember if they're two Abrams. I think it's two Abrams, right? Or is it two Zuckers? I, th- I think it's two right, Abrams. Right. Abrams, Zucker, Abrams. So it's just very funny. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. But but it is funny that he plays the sound man in both movies, both Die Hard and Die Hard 2. Yeah. The, um, then then we have the the pilot's name is uh, Robert Lipton. And uh, he, had, he has 62 uh, credits, but most of them are like one episode of TV shows or anything like that. There's nothing, there's nothing that I saw that really stood out of of what he's done yeah you know and then uh then then we have the cameraman 
whose name is uh, Richard uh, Domiere. Domiere, Domiere, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Uh, it's it's D-O-M-E-I-E-R. So, yeah. And, uh, yeah, right. So I'm, I'm not really sure. Uh, now, back to the, the pilot, Robert Lipton. He's actually the brother of Peggy Lipton. And therefore, he is the uncle of Rashida Jones, the actress Rashida Jones, who, because Peggy oh. Lipton was married to Quincy Jones. Huh. So. Okay. Yeah. So that that's uh, very interesting. So, and then uh, Robert uh, Domier, Richard Domier, who plays the 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 cameraman. So he only has seventeen uh, acting credits in uh in imdb uh again nothing really jumped out at me to say that uh you know that, that yeah apparently he he was on the uh he was on the the shopping channel for a very long time yeah he was a host on the shopping network that's right yeah QVC. i remember seeing yeah um so yeah so those are the three of them that that, that joined them on on their uh on their ride as they 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 fly away, and uh, you know, as they're flying, John looks a little agitated. So the pilot turns around and goes, "What's the matter, cowboy? Ride too rough?" And he goes, "I don't like to fly." And he says, "Then what are you doing here?" And he goes, "I don't like to lose either." <laughs> you know, just to show how competitive a nature John has. You know. Yeah. So I, I like the way they just throw that in there. You know, try, trying to uh, basically macho. They're trying to out macho each other with the way that they're talking. You know, the pilot's basically <laughs> saying, ah, oh, come on. This is what you wanted. You're going to complain. And, uh, you know, then John gives his responses and stuff like that. So, yeah, and I, I like the way they do that. Yeah. They they do that well. And then and the whole time we, we see that that, you know, Coleman is trying to figure out what's going on here. You know, she she doesn't know why John has dragged them along here. It, it's pretty funny that like he didn't when yeah. he told them what he wants and that she wants the story and stuff like that. You know, what we were talking about earlier this week. It's a little strange because like what what did he say to convince them? Okay, let's get in the chopper and <laughs> where are we going? Do I I need you to take me to to Hangar Eleven? Right. Or is there something else that that he's trying to to say here? I don't, I don't know. That's what it is because I th- I think in tomorrow's minute he'll right. he'll be surprised exactly. to see that the plane has left exactly. the hangar. So yeah, they were expecting to arrive at the hangar and find you know the general and uh, Stuart and Grant all working Correct. together. But again, maybe maybe. But again, they... John's the only one there with a gun, so <laughs> I, don't, I don't really know what their plan is. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Does he John even have a gun? a gun? John has a I, gun. I can't remember if he's. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we get. I couldn't remember if if he had one leaving the yeah, police yeah. station or not after. Yeah, he still had. Okay. A gun. Yeah, probably not the one with the blanks, but yeah, he has. <laughs> no, no. That'll be less effective than than he than using it on Carmine, you know, and then, and then uh, we get the last yeah. two seconds of this minute shows uh, Khan going from the cockpit and walking uh into the, the i guess the, the the main area of walking towards 
the main area of of the plane, and he just screams, "Okay, woo! Here we go!" So it's a it's a very interesting way that he's, uh, you know, that they, they get him that he gets cut off here. I mean, tomorrow we'll see where exactly he's going. So, did you have anything else for this minute before we get into the script? No, not right. really. So the 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 script is pretty much the same. It has a little bit, uh, some slight changes, but not very much. Uh, you know, Grant uh, congratu- congratulates him on his escape, and he goes, "Thank you, Major. Save them until we're all safe." And excuse a left-handed salute, meaning he salutes back, but uh, you know, because his his he was shot in the arm, he needs to salute from from the other side. Again, not needed, especially given the fact that we see him continuously using the his his right arm. <laughs> so it doesn't make a difference. Uh, then Stewart's line yeah. about. Uh, Thing is, he says, "My congratulations, gentlemen. You've won a victory for democracy. My pride and admiration, and a kick-ass vacation. Huh. Get on board." So, you know, I, I, it makes me wonder why they change it between democracy and our way of life. Um, I guess because they're trying to show that that what they're doing here is not not for democracy, yeah. but they don't really say what it is for. And then it says, with a cheer, they run up the stairs to the plane. And then we had the news chopper goes whoosh up and off the ground like an elevator. McLean reacts. And then the, the pilot has the, the too rough for your cowboy. And he goes, I don't like to fly. Then what are you doing here? I like losing worse. And then he points and goes, go that way. So, again, much more effective the way they do it in the movie itself. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I like that. Okay, so every Wednesday we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track. Uh, airport airline edition, where my guests will give some sort of story, anecdote, adventure, misadventure, something that's happened to them over the course of their life that is somehow related to uh, an a- aviation, I guess you can say. So, Travis, do you have some sort of story for us? Um, yeah, a little bit of a, you know, just a memory I have, you know, from from the airport. Um, I don't have any, like, particular, you know, memorable flights that I've been on or anything like, you know, there have been some that some flights are better than others. Some you feel like, yeah, this one was pretty rough or whatever. So nothing like that. No interesting air travel sort of story. You leave those stories for the, for the train. Exactly. Um, (laughs) But uh, the one, you know, the standout memory I have of waiting at an airport uh, would be waiting, you know, with my, my wife and well, my my soon to be wife and my parents and her parents would when we flew out to Las Vegas to get married we we kind of you know we were you know engaged in everything and had not made any progress with planning a wedding and so we decided like why don't we just go to Vegas and and get married and so we started planning that little little trip and we decided well we at least need to take you know your parents and take my parents so that we're not like upsetting the parents by just running off and getting married and not telling anybody um so yeah we were waiting at the airport and uh i wrote my wedding vows uh while waiting at the airport to leave um i wrote them in uh the back of a, a star wars book that i was reading it was a prequel novel called uh, cloak of deception um set Ooh, i right- think i've read that okay 
<laughs> by James Lucino. It was, I think it was a pretty good book. Um, I don't remember much of the book, but yeah. Wrote, your, your mind is probably elsewhere when yeah, you're trying to read yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> um, But yeah, I wrote the vows in the, in the back of that book and a uh, little... Uh, I don't think it's an omen, but uh, I I have since lost that book. <laughs> I don't I don't have it anymore. Um, <laughs> but I think you know we've been together like twenty years, so I think I don't I don't think that's gonna you know be a problem. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's what I think of when I think of like waiting at an airport. Um, is just uh, yeah. Oh wow. Okay, that's a very cool story. Very good. Thank you very much, Travis, for that. So why don't you once again tell people uh, where they can find Travis Bow? Um, yeah, I think uh, in minute one, Rob mentioned that I was from Watchmen Minute. I uh, did one of these crazy movie by minutes projects a couple of years ago. It covered all 186 minutes of of the director's cut of Zack Snyder's Watchmen, uh, along with Eric Nash. So we did that. We we looked at the individual episodes for the HBO. Watchmen series. Um, it's been recently been announced that uh, DC is going to do an animated Watchmen movie. I, I probably probably telling the same story as as the the, the book. I don't think they're going to do a new thing, um, a new sequel or anything. So it could be interesting. Uh, maybe Eric and I will dust off our our microphones to maybe talk about that. I don't know. We haven't talked about it, but uh, I'd be open to it. So. Maybe Watchmen right. Minute will return. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. After having just recently rewatched uh, Watchmen, literally recently, <laughs> and watching the HBO series, you know, today, so it's all fresh in my mind, and I would actually be very interested in 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 seeing that. I hope hope at some point I'll actually have time to listen to all 186 minutes that you guys did on it. I, you know, it's, it's on my list. Of of things of backlogged uh, shows that I'm trying yeah. to get to at some point. I, I had fun doing yeah. it, so hopefully people had fun listening to it, and hopefully you will uh, in the future. That is the hope. And finding me is very simple. Just do a quick search for Move Around Minute. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on my website, movearoundminutes.com. So until tomorrow, yippee Yippee-ki-yay. If you're fond of sand dunes and salty air, quaint little villages near.